Good morning and welcome to the Sunday Conversation Podcast. And this week's episode happens to be uh, 194, I believe. It nailed it, Ben. <clears throat> that's that's a good start to, to my day, honestly, <laughs> right there. I'm going to tell you that, right? Um, well, we got Aaron and I. Um, and we're presented by uh, Loyalty Liquors, Taco Casa, Dickie's Barbecue, One Stop Convenience. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Aaron, how was your week? Uh, My week was fucking hectic. And this time of year, I, I well, I've talked about it, what, the last 2020, Last three years, four, 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 well, four holiday seasons, really. If you go yeah, based we, on yeah, who started, you know, uh, this your fourth year, holiday season on the pod. How are you feeling, man? That's crazy. Uh, actually, this is very reminiscent of 2020, and I'll tell you why not in the sense of business being really great, but if you remember 2020, is ben, business I, great, real quick? No, business is not oh. good, things are not okay. Good. Well, we'll see because it can all take like if. If the stores are busy this week in the lead up to Thanksgiving is the biggest wine holiday of the year. So as long as the stores are busy this week, it'll turn things around. But retailers are very tentative ahead of the holiday and don't want to go too crazy buying because they just don't know what's going to happen. So they're always a little bit conservative. So if Tuesday, Wednesday goes well, then then it'll be okay. But um, this is very reminiscent of 2020 because if you remember, and I know you remember because you were there and it happened to you. Well, it didn't happen to you, according to this podcast, but uh, I got COVID the Saturday after Thanksgiving and had to work what is one of the busiest weeks of the year while having COVID. And while I did not test myself, I've been sick since Tuesday. So I'm like in accounts, you know, trying to do orders for in preparation for Thanksgiving. My nose is like leaking. I got fucking... 12 paper towels in my pockets trying to fucking keep my nose dry uh so i've worked i was thinking about it the other day since the beginning of last week i worked six days last week bartended friday saturday i've worked six days so far this week bartended friday night have to work today i'll work tomorrow tuesday wednesday thursday off friday i haven't decided what i'm gonna do yet Work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to finish out. So that's, you know, 12, 13, it's about 21 days out of like 24. So being sick in the middle of it is not the best. But uh, other than that, man, it's all good. We had a 200-person sorority party on Friday night. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, these kids, man. Oh, dude, did I tell Just you Just like <clears> – <throat> Are we think, talking the amount of money we're spending or just well everything? I mean, just their, it, yeah. their action, you know, think of Ben, right? Obviously, like you and I have been to fraternity and sorority parties, you know, like traditional ones. Well, I just was gonna say, like, what's the difference between a um, you know, like a SEC sorority party versus an Ivy League sorority party? Uh, well, I bet you an SEC sorority party is actually probably more fun. This is well, the difference is, is the Ivy League sorority will pay $5,000 to rent out a bar for two hours and have people like pay to make them drinks and shit. So I guess that's the that's the primary difference. 
But dude, did I think I no? Did I talk about the I talked about the nasal spray cocaine, right? Yeah, yeah. Are the girls doing it too? I didn't see anybody. Honestly, there was too many people, but these kids are fucking were animals. But the other thing about the Ivy League sorority parties is their dates, the guys they bring, you know, they all wear like sports coats and shit. You know, they're they're well, I guess that happens at SEC schools too, right? I mean, yeah, I probably. What do we know? I I think well, I was I mean my wife was in a sorority, so oh, like true. I like I I definitely know it's like a lot of like themes, you know, a lot of themes yeah. happen. So well, so that was they but the theme, hey the Yale's theme is just uh money, business, well, Wall Street. So yeah, it's right. like <laughs> so so this uh yesterday was the was the game. Uh, yep. Yale, Yale Harvard and it was in it was in New Haven so it was you know ahead of the uh the Yale game and so typically wait they call that the game because wasn't that like the one of like the first like it was like the first like college football rivalry because in the early days of college football like the Ivy League was like was the league as far as like you know that's where the best football players played at the Ivy right. League schools yeah shout out shout out uh Professor Spangenberg at yeah. my my one of my favorite professors I ever had at Castleton, Tom Spangenberg, the uh, all time he's the he's the all time Dartmouth uh, rushing leader, right like, to this day. For whatever. is he really? That's amazing. yeah. Uh, Just yeah, a workhorse, I guess so. So that and that was back like probably in the days when the Ford Pass probably wasn't even invented yet. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, it wasn't ball. that long ago. It wasn't like you know. Actually, I wonder when it was. Like, how old was he when you were there? Oh, I'm not saying that because I don't. He, he's dude. He golfs and skis every day. Oh, I, actually, I would, you've talked about this dude. Before, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, uh, I bet you he's low key, like way older than he than he, he appears to be. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet you he played there in the. Actually, just Google Tom Spangenberg Dartmouth Athletics. Let's okay. let's. Tom Spangenberg. Oh, I know. Right, right. I know. I know. He was also involved in like his marketing company was in involved with like a giant. Um, basically, they like. All right. Do you want to guess? He's his, pretty, his, pretty, pretty his productive total? running back. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> get guess the get guess the years first. I want to say it was. Uh, I don't want to sound like a bozo, but like the late, late 60s or 70s? Early 60s. 61, 63. Early 60s. 63. Okay. All right. All See? Right. Shout out, Spang. You, you young buck. I thought you were way younger. All right. Even so though I. He rushed the ball 330 times. You know, they must have had. Wait a second. Rushing. Oh, rushing, receiving scrimmage. Okay. So he had 330 rush attempts. Do you want to guess how many yards he had? Uh, 3,000. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't that productive. He wasn't Reggie Bush. 1,536. 4.7 yards of carry. Oh, that's freaking legit. He had uh, another 600. Foot, his, his, his total scrimmage yards were 2,176, 12 touchdowns. Uh, obviously, they were giving the ball to somebody else in the red zone, it sounds like. But yeah, pretty productive. Uh, pretty productive running back. But uh, anyways. Okay, yeah, so, so, so here we are. So Yale Harvard is, is, <laughs> is the game. Uh, the game 
Um, so when we do these parties, typically like, you know, they, we have two drinks that we make for every party and whatever. And so these girls, I guess had like, they wanted, they, they picked four cocktails. They wanted, they wanted beer and wine and they wanted, uh, uh, like vodka sodas and tequila sodas. So this girl comes, so typically we just lay plastic cups out on the bar, you know, with the different cocktails. This girl comes in from the sorority and she's got all these sheets printed up and she hands them to me. I'm like, what are these? She's like, oh, it's the menu. And then like a, a, uh, like a sign to put in front of each of the cocktails. So people know what they are. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah all right. And then, so she turns around. I just throw them right in the trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just, just like, pan over, just like, uh, yep, yep, right garbage. in the garbage. Because like, it doesn't matter. Like these kids will drink literally anything you put in front of them. And also, like, the great thing about these parties is it's the only time you know as a bartender where I get to say no to people because they oh. pay, they pay for a package. So then, right. like, you know, a kid comes to the bar and is like, hey, can I get a shot of tequila? And I'm like, nope, they didn't pay for that. Like, sorry, buddy, you got to go to go talk to the sorority. So, but. Uh, oh, my Lord, that's hilarious. Well, like. He, well, is that the point where you did you just find a niche market, Aaron? Like, OK, dude, I can't do this. But if you pay me a hundred bucks, I'll give you this shot of tequila. <laughs> so, like, there have been kids that have done that before. But the pro- dude, the problem then becomes it's like. Yeah, First, it, it, that's a problem because every kid's and right, like exactly gonna, it's going to become now, a, you know to, a measuring be, contest. And to be fair, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, ten bucks a shot, two hundred shots—that's two G's right there. I should have been like, "Yo, come on, slip me a ten spot, sit me a Hamilton, and I got you." Uh, Hamilton, but, I would not have guessed Hamilton for a ten. Yeah, yeah, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, but I got, uh, yeah, anyways, overworked, a little tired, getting over some a cold. But the week, it, it is what it is, buddy. How's uh, how's your week? You gearing up to uh, to shoot back up here? Yeah, gearing up to roll north. Week was great. A bunch of advancements on the, on the house. So, um, whoa, that was a long yawn. Um, so, yeah, just kind of... <laughs> whatever dialing in whatever we can before we head up and enjoy enjoy uh a manchester thanksgiving thanksgiving in manchester that's the best best time of year bro the best time of year we have a we have a legitimate uh we have a cult manchester i have talked about on this podcast before is a cult it's a thanksgiving cult yeah you're you're not wrong um you're not wrong at all. So, yeah, definitely pretty excited though. <clears throat> I mean, it'll it'll be cool to. What's weird is like, it's 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 fifty degrees right now here in Florida, and I'm in a flannel and everything. So it's like, oh, it'll be nice to get to the cooler weather. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like thirty thirty something out here right now. There's frost on the ground. I was leaving my dad's yeah, 34 right now. Although it is gonna be 52 today. So that's that's nice. Let's see. Thanksgiving 47 and crisp, Ben. That's a perfect Thanksgiving morning. Yep. Yep. Keep those beers there. cold. Are you uh how long are you guys staying up here for? Um undetermined, but I mean somewhere in the like around a week or something. 
I had I a, think. I had a nice. I had a little little funny uh funny happening on Thursday. So I was at an account and I was on my phone. I was on the phone. I was I'm sitting in my car and I was on the phone and I get a call. Uh, you know, another call from Amanu Patel, right? That's what pops up on my phone. Like the, like not a number saved in my phone. Like, you know how caller. Okay. ID yeah. 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 Show you someone's. Yeah. That's kind of what, what are we just reverting right back to caller ID now? Yeah. It's weird. Right. Why does they just have enough of people's data? That's like, they kind of have an idea. I guess so. Right. I also got two spam calls back to back, like an hour later. That was for one from the United Kingdom. The other one from Iran. So I actually kind of wish mm. I picked up the one from Iran to see what they wanted. <laughs> Probably nuclear codes or something. But anyways, um, I was thinking that. Yeah. Or uh, or a. Yeah, go ahead. Death to death to <laughs> infidels dot com. Like, oh, all right, well, you know, I'll contribute. Um. Uh. So anyways, Manu Patel calls me. And so I, you know, I get off the phone and I call this guy back. And uh, because I deal with so many Indian customers most of whom their last name is Patel. I'm like, ah, this has just got to be one of my accounts whose number I don't have saved, you know, or they're calling, you know, I have their store phone saved and they're calling me from their cell, whatever. So I call him back and he's like, hello. And I'm like, hi, sir. You just, uh, you just called me just returning your call. And he's like, uh, he's like, I'm sorry, who is this? And I'm like, this, it's uh, Aaron Taylor with Silkman Sons. I was like, which store are you calling from? And he's like, I didn't call you. And I'm like, you did. Like, I, you know, it's technology. I'm not just guessing here. And he's like, no, I just called the state of Connecticut. And I've talked about this on here before. My cell phone number is one number off from the state of Connecticut's retirement services for for their employees. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So this happens every once in a blue moon. Somebody calls me that's like a a state employee that's retired that's like trying to do something with their benefits. And I was like, oh, no, sir, you've got the wrong number. It's 860-702-3480. Like, that's, you got the wrong number. <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that you can direct into that, that's that's hilarious. Well, it's, oh, happened, yeah. Actually, it's, it's happened so many times. <laughs> like, I fucking, the best one, I think I may have told this story. This guy called me one time, and I pick up, and I'm like, hello. And he, for whatever reason, thought that he was leaving a voicemail. So he just starts talking. For like a minute and 15 seconds, like explaining his problem, what he needs to change, blah, blah, blah. So I'm waiting for him to finish so that I can be like, you know, no, you, you've actually got the right, the wrong number. So he calls, he tells me all of this, and then he just hangs up. And then I called him back, he didn't pick up, and I was like, all right, well, guess you're not getting your bennies, my boy. <clears throat> oh, Lord. Aaron, um... <clears throat> I got something to talk about. It's nothing crazy, but it's just kind of like, you know, where we're heading in the world. We got a new bar opening up in town right on the main way. And it's called uh, Red, White, and Brew. Okay. And it it is a self-service wine and beer bar. Red, red wine. Get it? Red, white, and brew. And uh, I guess the reason is is because like this town is already like it's a you know it, straight up this is this town is just as much almost like Jackson Hole at this point because you know Panama City's forty five minutes away. Then you got basically these just 
towns that are like nothing little towns, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got, I mean, they're just, they're just tiny little towns. So it's like the draw for, and on top of that, it's all vacation town. So it's not like there's people here that live, you know, there are locals, but there's just not enough to field, you know, all the restaurants in a vacation town. Like you've right. been to plenty of vacation towns. So they're, the idea is they're trying to do a self-service, like, you know, a low employee count business. So they're going to have, you pay, there'll be like iPads over these, <clears throat> like a wine spout and yeah. you, you pay for your pour. And then same thing for the, for uh, the beer. And I was just thinking like, um, honestly, don't hate it. Don't hate the idea at all. Obviously you just have to like, have somebody there, you know, to make sure your spouts are all working or whatever you call them, your machines. Right. Um, but I was wondering what you thought about that. Um, so from a, uh, is from it a, just basically, you think it's just like going to be boxed wine behind the wall? I mean, I'd, like, I'd, I'd imagine they're probably, you know, it's probably not going to be the, best quality stuff because the problem is going to become is like all right like if you're trying to be like a a wine bar wine bar you do have to have somebody on staff that knows something about wine or or you know doesn't even have to know something about wine know something about the wines that you're pouring just because you know obviously not everybody just is going to go in and be like i'll you know i'll just have a cabernet i'll just have a peanut you know whatever um but from a business perspective obviously you know, it's actually interesting, Ben, because like your when you own a restaurant, a lot of times your labor is not really one of your major expenses because right. server it's, minimum wage is so low. It's probably what food loss is probably one of your biz- oh, biggest yeah, for expenses. Sure. Yeah, food you, your food food costs absolutely because of well, spoilage. I was saying loss or like spoilage. That's no, yeah, I, spoilage. I said yeah. food loss, but it should have said but, cost. Food costs as a whole, because obviously the cost to get the food, and then you want to make sure you go through it. So I assume they're doing food too, right? And it's not just going to be. Just- I I don't I don't know, man. I I don't think so. That's interesting. Um, yeah, if you're not doing food, then you're obviously you're you're you don't have to worry as much about spoilage. You don't have to worry as much about food costs. Your obviously maintenance on the machines is going to be like a, a higher cost than it would be. Yeah. Like had they seen bar. the documentary about the freaking, the McDonald's, uh, the ice cream machine. Have you, <laughs> have you seen it? <laughs> There's a documentary about just McDonald's ice cream machines, bro. The McDonald's owns the company that it is the biggest fraudulent scandal in the history of fraudulent please, scandals. Please enlighten me. I mean, I know that they never work, but please enlighten me. Okay, the company that owns the company that fixes the ice cream machine is owned by McDonald's and they can j- basically charge some obscene like rate to go work on the machines or however it works and it's like it's a it's a like a money laundering scheme. Interesting. So they're paying themselves, basically. Yeah, it's just oh. like it's like having a leasing company where you lease back, like you lease the vehicle from, like. So it's like, hmm. this is what the wealthy do. Shit! Wow, it's sweet that I can just like tell a story like that. They 
we'll start a leasing company. Yeah. And then the leasing company will buy the vehicles and then they will pay the leasing company. So they're taking before tax money, paying a leasing company. And then the leasing company can do all the whatever you can write off everything you need. And then, yeah, you just, you're like paying yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I feel like there's a lot of businesses like that that kind of try to control every, you know, and that's where like, you know, like Uber with self-driving cars comes in, right? Because self-driving cars, you own the cars, you don't have to necessarily, you don't have to pay a driver. And that makes sense. I did not know that about McDonald's though. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It also makes perfect sense why the fuck. Yeah, you should look it up because I'm also probably like a, a, like a bit wrong, but you can absolutely count on these three keywords um fraudulent money and um <laughs> ownership <laughs> something about those three things like yeah it's one it's one company that has all that has the contract or whatever for every mcdonald's ice cream i'm, here, I'm not here looking. it is mcdonald's oh, broken sweet. Ice cream like, machine is a repair you know what scan. this could be a new game I, i'll come i'll tell you the thing and we'll see how close i was to the store, <laughs> to the store. <laughs> mcdonald's broken ice cream machine is a repair scam benefiting the manufacturer with unneeded service calls because owners don't have the right to repair even a simple reset one company that created a fix only to be hacked by the ice cream machine manufacturer so basically, so basically, because McDonald's rest, you know, restaurants are franchises, the owners then are beholden to McDonald's to, f- to the corporation to fix their machines, as opposed to being able to hire just like a general, you know, somebody who knows something about about ice cream machines. I guess. Huh. Interesting. Go uh, ahead and and go ahead and give me the number on um mcdonald's ice cream machine revenue for a year all right let's see if that comes through. i'm sure we can find that mcdonald's ice cream ice cream machine revenue uh why 4.7 billion dollars in profits <laughs> no that that, that can't <laughs> no. be just okay just... why 4.7 billion in profits won't fix mcdonald's ice cream machines what every startup can learn from the billion dollar company's sloppy approach to its sticky soft serve situation dude ben this is something that's driving me nuts is that you can't pull up a news article without 900 pop-ups coming up anymore um I don't think this is going to actually happen. Yeah, you don't. We don't have to. I mean, hey, what were we talking about before this? Oh, the self serve wine bar. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, basically. So, just to backtrack on that was it was more just about like we're ent. I think. I mean, I don't think I know we're we're entering this robot society because there's nobody. There's nobody left to do anything. So it's like the interesting thing about that too is like i'm as i'm thinking about it like all right so realistically you could how big's the place aaron it's not big i would say like like 1200 square feet max not even i bet you not even okay i bet you not even let's say you have two people working you know if you're not doing food you probably have two people you know clearing glassware and you know just just being available to you know, no, no, you got to wash your own dishes. That would be something. <laughs> but you know what would be something if you if they're just like return, return your wine glass to this 
industrial wine glass well, washer and real, realistically you just you know you you i mean that's all you do you you know especially like you know for us at our at our bar we we hand wash our glassware like we have a, a triple sink in the bar so that we can which helps us because it, instead of having to send glassware to the dishwasher have him wash them and send them back up the servers can just bring the glasses to the bar we can wash them there and then use them faster you know it just cuts out um, right. time, especially when we're busy um but realistically a place like that yeah you just have people put their glasses in the in one of those big plastic trays and then they just go into an industrial washer that washes the glasses in like 30 seconds and uh you know you would need somebody there to dry and polish them i mean it's like if school taught us anything it was how to return the dish tray at, at lunch true. in the cafeteria that's true so, people people forget that so I guess realistically, Ben, you could have two people probably work the thing. You'd probably pay, you could pay them like $15 an hour. Don't let them get, to, you know, don't do tips. And, you know, you'd, you'd obviously have to recover your costs on the machinery and all that stuff and maintenance costs. But it's probably a somehow more profitable bar model. Um, but I don't know, you know, I'm old school. I like the going to a bar and sitting there and interacting with the bartender and, and the wait staff and, and all that stuff, because, you know, that's part of what can make a bar experience good or bad, depending on, you know, your bartender, your server, whatever. But I mean, the reality is, is like, yeah, like you said, in places like, like where you live, where it's just impossible to find staffing. I mean, this is the way forward, you know, it's, it's, just the way it is. Nobody wants to work anymore, especially a job where you make whatever, five bucks an hour and you have to rely on tips and it's completely inconsistent what your, what your pay is going to be like. But it is, you know, it isn't, what, what's that? I'm sorry. What's that seafood place we went to that we all went to? Shipwreck. Shipwreck. But then you got a place like that that's absolutely fucking slammed and cranking and bananas and bonkers. And so you want to know their model is they pay all their servers 25 an hour. Oh, that's really? how they keep that's how they keep that's a minimum that's how that guy runs because they're and it's it's probably the right idea because they are slam packed all the time if they right. didn't have if they didn't have people there working like you know they're in major trouble so what do you do to make sure you have a place that right. is slam, you know it's like you've got to offer good wages that's what you know people want to work there but the other problem is you know it's like one of my buddies Vic was like you know worked there for a long time and he was like he he could he just stopped he's not working there anymore because he's like I he's I, I, he couldn't take it like yeah. it, it's it got too much and I think you know it's like Working in a tourist town with with people who sat on the beach all day drinking, you know, I can imagine there's sometimes when you're like you want to bash people over the head. I don't mean that, but like I do. That's that's the service industry, no matter what. I mean, there's there's just times where like like I had so so Friday Friday night before the party, we had this always fucking happens, but the party started at 11. So realistically we need probably about 40 minutes of lead time to get everybody out, get everything broken down, cleaned up, all the furniture moved, drinks made, you know, all that stuff. We need probably about 40 minutes to get it all done. And, you know, 
20 minutes before the party starts, there's still people like hanging around drinking and shit. So like, it's just a shit show. So we had this like birthday party at the end of the bar that was like, I don't know, it's like 10, 11 people, whatever. And they, they were all like allotted one drink each and they knew they had to leave. So now it's like 1030. I'm trying to break down my shit so that I can get my side of the bar prepared for, uh, for, for this party. And this kid comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, can I get one more drink? And I'm like, nah, sorry, dude. Like, you know, we got to stop service. We're, we're getting ready for this party. And the look this kid gave me, and I've said this before, because this is not my only job, it's not my main source of income, like my patience and tolerance level for people is so much lower than it probably should be because like, like, fuck that kid. Like, I don't care if that kid ever steps foot in the bar again. So he gives me this look and I just look at him. I'm like, what? And he's like, what do you mean I can't have another drink? I'm like, we have a party coming in. I got to get all this stuff set up. Like, I can't make you another drink, which is going to take you, even if you drink it fast, like 15 minutes, you know, and you're going to be sitting here. It's going to hinder my time to be able to do that. Like, I just, I'm not doing it. And uh, so from that perspective, like that place that's busy all the time, like every night you're dealing with shit. And like you said, you got people who've been sitting on the beach all day who are dehydrated, who are drinking, getting drunk, you know, making a mess, being assholes, like just gets old man you know people are just assholes in restaurants it's just the way right like at that point it's like money isn't everything it's like you know yeah like peace of mind is a real thing and like you're not you're not putting a value on peace of mind um i got a i got a funny little little gambling story uh oh dude speaking of gambling like did you see the thing where where dave portnoy is like trying to do this yeah, like yeah. class action lawsuit against yeah. it, which it honestly is law worthy. Yeah, well, at this point, well, I think what's law worthy is the point he had about, you know, if gambling is now legal, like, at, like, you know, there's gotta be regulation. Right. To whatever. And I understand that point. And the fact that I, he's doing it as a parody, but I don't think he is. I think this is, this is how he operates. <clears throat> Well, think about when it comes to like investing, right? If you're buying, say you're making an account on whatever E-Trade or whatever, like there's a bunch of disclaimers you have to click through and agree to because, it, it, you know, it they make you agree to the fact that like, hey, you might lose all your money. Like if you put money into something that, that goes belly up, like you might lose all your money and you have to accept those disclaimers or whatever. But, you know, you you also have regulating bodies like the SEC who doesn't necessarily do their job, but in theory you have regulating bodies that are supposed to keep all this stuff above board. So as an investor, you're making informed decisions on, you know, about the things you're buying. So when it comes to gambling on sports and especially that situation where Joe Burrow was hurt going into that game, but it was not, his injury was not disclosed. If you're a gambler and you're putting money on the Bengals, you know, and especially like, I think he put a hundred grand on the Bengals to win that game. Or to, I think that was just to cover, uh, and you find out that their like franchise quarterback is injured going into the game. Obviously, you're going to be a little bit less uh, excited about throwing a hundred grand on them to win or you know whatever cover, knowing that he's hurt. So, you, to some degree, there probably is legal precedent there. But then at the same time, you're talking about a private corporation in the NFL. You know the odds of a lawsuit like that ever coming to fruition is not. Oh right, which is what plus, I think makes it even funnier. Plus, Ben, like let's talk about the NHL and like 
the NHL has two injuries, upper body or lower body injury. They don't tell you what it is, the <laughs> severity of it. It's just upper body, lower body. That's it. So, I mean, I get it. I get it from him. That's the National right? League for you. But, uh, no, so so everybody knows I'm a St. Louis Blues fan, and they, you know, they're. I don't think they're a good team, but they've been playing well. They smoked Colorado last week, and then they beat Tampa 5-0 on uh, – Sun, either Sunday or Monday. And uh, so they were playing the Sharks on Wednesday night. The Sharks are the worst team in the league, like by far and away the worst team in the league. So I looked online. I looked at the, the sports book and to cover the puck line, to win by two, you know, one and a half or more goals. They were plus one. Is that what puck line means? Yeah. Yeah. Puck lines the spread. Yep. And it's always, it's almost always one and a half. Um, Interesting. So, so you got to win by two goals, basically. Yeah, right. And hockey's interesting because you've got the aspect of the pulled goalie at the end of a game. Right. It's and a close team. game. So uh, so I'm like, oh, dude, the Blues are rolling right now. The Sharks are terrible. Like, they should probably beat up on the Sharks. So I had I had won some money last weekend, and I had just left 50 bucks in my account, the 50 bucks I had put in originally. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to throw 50 bucks on the Blues to win by two, plus 120. You know, I'll make – 60 bucks on that game puck drop was at 10 30 i was six i was in bed by you know asleep by like 9 30 and i was like gonna wake up to 110 bucks in my account nice you know aaron they lost five to one (laughs) aaron i was i was having this thought here i've been seeing all these gambling wait so if i'm in florida can i can you gamble on your phone I don't know if Florida here. I'll look. I don't know. Like, how does that work? Legal. I don't know if Florida has, has has legalized gambling. Like, how how can like if what if I set a VPN my VPN to somewhere and said I was in? Well, is that is that it, a loophole in gambling right now? No, because on your phone they use your location, not your IP address. No way. Yeah. So, like, if I log into DraftKings, especially living in New Haven, because I'm, you know, close to New York. There's times where I have to confirm my location because it, it thinks I'm like you know on Long Island or whatever, um, but it looks like sports betting is not legal in in Florida. Oh dang! All right, because I see all these ads for like, just put five dollars in and you get two hundred like yeah. two hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Is it bullshit? It is. Well, to some degree. So the 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 payout on the two hundred bucks is in free plays, so it's not it. Yes, you get 200 bucks, but it's not money you can pull out. Like, you can't bet $5, get 200 and then just pull $200 out of the account. Like, I think there's a, if I remember correctly. What does that mean, though? Like, can you eventually get the I was money? Gonna, I was going to say, I think over a period of time, if you bet enough with those free play dollars, eventually they start to turn into real dollars. But, like, at a percentage. Like, you know, maybe they give you, say, 20 bucks in real money, but over a period of time, if you play, because they know that over the course of a period of time, you're probably going to end up losing. So it doesn't really matter. And they probably never have to pay out anyways. That's so whack, because I was going to say we we should like I'm not a gambler. Well, I'm like, yeah, I gamble every day. I I have (laughs) cryptocurrency. Um, Anyway. (laughs) I was thinking that we should do like a, you know, we'll just start with, I will put five bucks in and we should see what we could make off that. And I wouldn't put any other money in. Maybe we wouldn't even make it one day. Yeah. Like you'd probably be out in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that answers that question. That's see, 
that's just dumb advertising shit that it's like now that i know i definitely would never do that you know it's yeah. just like yeah. that's pointless to me it's just like honestly that is probably more for like an addictive gambler just to like that's so in the hole that like it doesn't matter but like just their psycho like psychologically it would be like oh i have two hundred dollars to gamble with even though i never have a chance at this and then they probably lose that money and it's they're like oh well whatever yeah. but i was you know it's like i i was honestly just thinking like you hear the kids who start trading you know and take like a tiny bit of money and like turn into something wild yeah. and i was like that'd be fun to do it i mean i guess we could still do it with 10 bucks yeah just see how far you could go I'll, t- I'll tell you what thursday morning we'll uh we'll take a look at the the thanksgiving day football games we'll put 10 bucks in we'll put a parlay in and then if we hit we'll roll from there and if we lose then that'll that'll be it 10 we'll put five bucks in each it'll be, we'll be all right perfect all right this will, um, that will be great uh but let's wrap we got a minute and a half before this runs out so that's 194 next week will be thanksgiving recap the greatest day of the year uh hope everybody out there has a great thanksgiving uh it won't be as good as ben and i's but you know sucks to suck uh benny boy great chat love you buddy love you bro